Hey, this is Hustler Rip Rogers, and we're going live right now with the one and only. That's right, the one and only Wolfie D is on right now. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D and my man Jimmy across the street. Dude, what a week in wrestling it has been no <laughs> with doubt. some wild stuff happening, man. Some wild stuff. And, you know, we usually don't talk about a lot of current events, if you want to call it that, but the whole Vince thing and Brock and Billy Jack and, you know, what am I, what am I forgetting here? Jamie, Jamie's son, Austin. Jamie's son, man, yes. Yeah. And, 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 golly, Peter Miller passed away, too. Right, yeah. Uh, Mahler and I mean I, I feel like I'm still forgetting some stuff that's gone down man but the I whole know. Vince yeah. thing as wild as it can be uh, and I, I don't want to get too much into all that because <laughs> right. I think everybody just wants to distance themselves from that kind of shit you know what I mean but can uh, you say settlement <laughs> that's what I expect <laughs> to happen out of that is that what but, you think yeah man because uh, first of all Vince ain't gonna let it go to court I don't think he's gonna go to court with it because he doesn't want to have all that out there plus you know she probably doesn't really want to be doing all this honestly if he would have just paid her the rest of the three million i think this would have been avoided but whatever you know i guess that's just his arrogance of uh you know i don't have to pay her that i don't know i don't know it's so weird i I was like i said i've had interactions with him but not close enough to where i can really call it Though you know that I know people that are close to him, and right, right. the fact that because uh, my thing was, I just found it hard to believe somebody of his stature and his wealth and all that was a you know could spell pussy. I think did I say this last week or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But but I actually know somebody that said, well, that's how I know it's true, right? <laughs> because yeah. they think it's they think it's a shoot that those were written by him. So anyway, man, I don't know. It's crazy. But, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is crazy, man. And then Billy Jack killing his wife, bro. Yeah. Come on. Well, like I said, uh, I could have told you a long time ago that some bitch was crazy, and, I, and I'm not the only one, you know, that I've seen on social media saying the exact same thing that he's been nuts for a long time, yeah. uh, even before I met him in the mid '90s, and just that laugh, <laughs> any dude that looks like that and laughs like that, right? It's fucking crazy, a psycho. <laughs> yeah. If you see anybody that jacked like Billy Jack Haynes yeah. and laughs like Billy Jack did, the he he he, then yeah. run your run away. Just yeah, don't get 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 away from. <laughs> They're not okay. <laughs> yeah, and 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 our condolences go out to uh, my partner Jamie. Uh, yeah, his son sure. Austin passed away. Unfortunately, I yeah. think he was. Uh, let's see, thirty four. I want to say thirty three, yeah. thirty four. Something like that. Uh, Unfortunate, very unfortunate, but our uh, our thoughts are with Jamie on that one. So I'm sure you remember when that kid was born, man. Man, yeah. I don't remember him being born um, because that would have been 1990, and Jamie right. and I met okay. at that point. But I do remember him as a little kid, a very yeah. little kid. Uh, yeah, probably three or something like that. Three, maybe even four. I don't know. But uh, yeah, looked a lot like Jamie, man. He did, man. Yeah, he did. He did you know, 
I saw Jamie got him uh, like a tribute tattoo for him and all that kind of stuff. So very that's, cool. Yeah, that's very nice. Cool. Uh, what yeah, do we miss? Sorry, bro? Jamie. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to think, man. I did go to the Mid Atlantic Legends Fan Fest reunion here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Big time there, man. That was fun. Yeah. Seen some of your pictures. Yes, man. I, 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 you know, the NXT brand was represented there of the James Rock Street Productions episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, we, you know, it's funny because I was talking more about our show than mine, but we, yeah. you know, got there and it, it was literally like, you know, so I know Tommy Angel from from interviews and then David Isley, but Tommy was my main pivot point. And then he got me in touch with the guy who ran it, Greg Price, and he was like, mm-hmm. come on in, man. And we brought baby doll on our show to put it over and yeah it was a good turnout man you know of course smackdown was happening town on friday and Mm -hmm. you know uh, so they had it on friday specifically for that and it was cool dude all those mid-atlantic legends i mean i know you've been to memphis gigs like this i know Mm -hmm. how crazy and fun that was but you know memphis was represented too jimmy valiant was there man Mount link was there you know so cool lots of cool stuff but yeah got to uh, meet david crockett which is awesome for me you know and got to got to meet tommy young i mean i know you all say jerry calhoun's the best but tommy's right there with him, you know so we love well, Jerry. very good i just you know it's just who you grew up on of course know? yeah i mean i've like i said i've become a memphis adoptee you know what i mean so <laughs> i'm with you there i think jerry's great too but right you know on. got to meet the mulkies by the way we're gonna have them coming up that's a guarantee confirmed yeah. so yeah 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 yeah, Multi-man- very excited. Mulky mania, exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude, just press the flesh. Got some people hopefully coming up on the show. So well, that's good. Funny. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You're my you're my scout. Yes, I'm out scouting scouting talent. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah it was fun. And uh, speaking of shows, um, March the eighth in Glasgow, Kentucky, at the Crow's Nest Bar. Uh, myself and Chase Stevens are going to, you know, we had to reschedule the, uh, the little comedy slash storytelling gig we're going to do. So March the 8th, it's a Friday night there in Glasgow, me and Chase are going to be doing road stories that's coming up. And then the next night, uh, Chase is actually on the show too, uh, but he'll be wrestling. I would assume, uh, and, and I'll be there signing autographs. I got Scott Steiner coming to sign autographs. Uh, I heard that Hillbilly Jim's going to be there too. So Dude. that should be night. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen him in many, many years. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's don't cool. go so, missing with a country boy there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those are my two upcoming events. Um, yeah. But other than that, man, um, we got the hustler Rip Rogers today. Dude, I'm so excited. I mean, this I really thought it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, you'll pay for the seat, but you'll, you'll only need the edge with Rip Rogers. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And I think everybody listening right now has been anticipating this by the looks of the, the amount of shares and likes and all that stuff that the, the upcoming uh, show has produced. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's don't Very- waste a lot more time. Let's go ahead and get uh, rip on the line. All right. We'll be right back with the hustler. After these messages, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, folks, to get your official live and in color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks for joining us once again. Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And today, it's a very special day, February the 7th. It is Rip Rogers' birthday, and we have him on the show today on his birthday. He's missing cake and, and women and dancers and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Right, Rip? And mature young males, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, happy can't. birthday, Rip. What are we, chopped I liver? <laughs> well, I, can't, I, can't, I can't be rented, you know. Yeah, your young days handed faster, you, you surely get a lot more attention. <laughs> Wolfie knows the game. Yeah. Did, did you think you'd make it to 70, Rip? Uh, I thought I would make 100. Oh, oh nice. nice. Well, you know, no, no. I, I just had a birthday and turned 50. Nowhere, not close to you yet, but everybody kept saying, Wolfie, you know, it's your 50th. Hope you make it to 100. And I'm thinking, man, I didn't even know I'd make it to 50. <laughs> I lived a little Buddy. hard. <laughs> well, you know, what the hell? I never did live hard. All yeah. I did was train. All I did was train too much. Train too much, but it shows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So seventy years old. How old were you when you broke into the business? I had my first match. I was, uh, I was twenty-two. Wow. 22. I was I was a school teacher and a football coach. Yeah. Yes. What did you teach? What did you teach? Oh, hell, you know, PE, health science, biology, anything where you didn't have to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And then you <laughs> then you turn into a, a great wrestling teacher, and you know, and, and and all the names that have come along there that are attached to you, you know, super. Oh, it's all, it's all a rib, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the I one that me, hey, go ahead, I wasn't go ahead. even nobody trained me. Yeah, yeah. I did, I just shut up and listened to learn. There you go. Yeah. That, do you think that's kind of a lost art right now about people just shutting up and listening? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't get along with today's wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> they want to do their spots. Yeah. No, I say no. You guys go an hour. All right, go, and that would be it. Everybody knew how to do it. It was all right. called it. Everybody yep. knew how to baby face. Knew how to work heel. I said, watch the other matches that anybody else does. Don't do it. It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now every we got to have a dive to the fucking floor. We yeah. got to have. Clothes lines bump feed for no goddamn fucking reason. Whether you've got a six arm or a 25 inch arm, there's got to yeah. be 102 false finishes from skinny <laughs> nerds. And, and then all their moves, the heel just laughs and kicks out on one. And, and he says, gives us the old, oh, I can't believe he kicked out face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not allowed to cuss on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do have a, a propensity to do that a little bit so what me the hell? too yeah <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, the the oh my god face every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Tor- god. I can't Torrible. believe it. So, um, man, I read something and I didn't know this, and maybe you can elaborate on it. You probably have before, but I saw that. Uh, it said, and this is Wikipedia, so I don't know. It said something about the reason you left ICW was because you and Randy uh, Savage had a falling out. Was that is that true? Uh, yeah. What was the issue? Uh, w- what's the issue always about? Money or women? There you go. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Okay. Randy brought, Randy brought Brenda Britton in. Uh-huh. Okay. And she liked me. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Ooh, ooh. Was, and I, yeah. And I had played Randy for years, right? And mm-hmm. I was, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm the old dope to dope to dope, as low key as you can get. Mm-hmm. And he was a little bit, a little bit high strung, you know. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was his gimmick, I think, right? High strung. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know how you know how you know what he says there. We had a lot. We had a lot of good times. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. Time, the, go ahead. We in a spot show somewhere. I think I can't remember who the hell it was for. Mm-hmm. But we was uh, by Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Randy says, uh, "I'm tired. <laughs> Pull over." I said, "Where in the hell are we?" Because I would fall asleep all the time. I wasn't a good driver and stuff at that time, which you're not supposed to do, fall asleep. Yeah. So all of a sudden, well, you just take over and I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> okay. Go down there and park. Okay. I said, what are you going to do? Well, I got something to do. Don't worry about it. All of a sudden, he comes <laughs> running back in about five minutes. Get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> I said, what's the matter? I just threw a brick through Lawler's window. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> Why? It doesn't matter. Get out of here. Get going. <laughs> and that was just another another day in the life of the Macho Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did, was just, there any blowback from that ever? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Oh, okay. I, I think he got on TV and said, they threw, a, threw a brick through Lawler's window. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the, that, whole, that, the whole deal with, uh, with uh, you know, him calling Lawler out and all that on the ICW shows, that was all pretty much a shoot of him just trying to get to Memphis and work with Lawler, wasn't it? No. It was what a whole it was, What it was, he was, he was hope instead of, uh, concentrating on our own product. Mm-hmm. I was low man on the podium pole, so I just shut up and did whatever the other guys voted on, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he thought they could, he said there might be 50 more people show up mm. just thinking Lawler might be there because Lawler was the fucking king there before cable TV, you know. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, he was over. Yeah. So, so let, that's what that was all about. Uh, I didn't agree uh, with it, but I was low man on the podium pole, so I just, Okay, guys, whatever you want to do, you guys, I'm an idiot, and you guys have been at this a, a while, so I'll trust your judgment. But right now, at this stage of my career, it don't seem like a very good <laughs> thing promoting <laughs> <something else. laughs> 
but what the <laughs> fuck, right? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good story, though. The brick. Um, so, man, I, I skip around a lot when I do this because I just say what comes to my mind. Um, so, back to the OVW. How did it? How did it end up? How did you know Danny? And how did all that come about? You knew Danny from I know, obviously working back in the day or whatever. But when did y'all become good enough friends to where it was like, hey, I want you to be my guy here? Well, I lived in Seymour. Mm-hmm. And I come off the road. I've been working for WCW, uh, and let's see who fired. Me? Oh, Kevin Sullivan fired me. Mm-hmm. We was in. We was down in uh, uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. just and and all these marks were just fucking bothering us. We were just trying to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So I went. In, I just went into a gay act and was <laughs> and was like flirting with one of her boyfriends, and she got all upset. <laughs> And I, and I remember, I remember Davey Boy Smith just walking through there and refused to pay for his food and nobody did nothing. And here I am ribbing some fat girl who is about <laughs> as extremely as not attractive as you could get, but you're not going to say that, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, so that was that. But I had, uh, I had run developmental towns for Ole. Mm. Uh, that was why I shaved my beard because I'd known Ole and Watts worked for him before. Love mm-hmm. working for um, everybody else didn't like it. And I said, they're just, they're just t- using it. This is a business boys. This ain't yeah. a fuck around. So I yeah. just get there, but I was fucking told and I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, I'd run shows and I'd be the agent. I'd be the booker. I'd work the first match. I'd announce, I, I'd get the, get the jackets. I got paid for every job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then only said, uh, I said, well, here's, Here's everything broke down. He says, did you, did you skim any? I said, hell no. I want to show you how good I can do. He says, oh, no, standard procedures, skim 300. I said, oh, okay, you sure? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I, okay. I said, okay. Standard procedure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so, so Danny and Danny starts OVW and then just what calls you up and Hey, I want you to be the trainer with me. Um, let me see. Uh, I come off the road. Let's see. I was working just work. Danny worked about three towns a week mm-hmm. he, in the, in the old building, uh, right. the dump building. That was the best building. Yeah. I remember uh, that. But- yeah. But he'd work across. Let's see. This is when it was across the river in Jeffersonville. Right. But he, he ran three towns weekly, and then I worked uh, Circle City for Mike Sample. There was four four nights. Then I'd usually book a spot show on, and then I, I worked as a bouncer in uh, Indianapolis uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the places, Dave the Rave Hart got got me a job there. So all I did there is the first night in, I had a bunch of the boys come in. And we and I threw them all out and just you know, they took <laughs> everything right. And then nobody nobody ever messed with me after that. <laughs> That's all them, right? <laughs> yeah. So so I I'd work work with Danny and then uh, I went to the mayor I, I went to the Maritimes four summers. A real easy place to work. And Renee Dupre's dad Emil he usually let me book thing run the shows. I'd bring the money back and. I told Renee Goodwin, I said, you know, his dad was, he would count every picture. Like, mm-hmm. like the end, there's, you got 100 pictures. So that would be $200 brought back if you sold them all, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I can't have that good, you know. But anyway, to make a long story, I just raised the price from two dollars a piece to three dollars a piece, and and pocket dollar for each one. Yeah. What the fuck? So he got his money, and I got mine. Right? What the fuck? Right. I taught. I taught. I, I taught Renee how to do it too. You know. <laughs> oh God. So so I was working for Danny, and then uh, he wanted me to be business partners. So I bought in as business partners with him, and then. Uh, this is when he had, uh, you know, the Basham brothers down there and yeah. Nick and, and Rob Conway and yeah. the Park Crash and Flash Flanagan. We had a mm-hmm. hell of a crew. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny got a little, get, got that little TV there. And yeah. then, uh, and Jimmy come in. So it was me and Jimmy and Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all, all had specific jobs and stuff. And right. then Danny... I think Danny had a, a heart attack was what I thought mm. uh, from stress. Mm. Uh, and then, so I just took over the training. Yeah. And uh, so we all had a good rapport cause uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, right. Jimmy's a genius, but you, but you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have the uh, emotional baggage every once in a while, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, right. But, uh, but then he, he yelled and screamed and bust the window out or whatever, and then he was fine. <laughs> and he's okay, Alex. Uh, now I'll explain this <laughs> to you, knuckleheads. <laughs> so, uh, and then they started bringing uh, uh, Rico. I think Rico was the first one, and then then Big Russ McCullough coming in, and then all the then they all started coming in. Right. And, uh, so I just treated them like any other guy. Yeah. They, as soon as minute late i locked the door and i said i guess tomorrow night you won't be at the ted bar so now call the office and tell them you're fucking late get up earlier so yeah. i was driving i was living in indianapolis and driving two and a half hours to get there wow right. yeah. yeah yeah and then i was driving two and a half hours back right and then I had to work at night to have insurance for my son because the great vincent kennedy McMahon wouldn't be giving no insurance for my autistic son because mm-hmm. We're independent contractors, so I had right. to get a uh, job at UPS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it was my choice. It was the job. It was what I like to do. So mm-hmm. to me, if I was on the road doing whatever, uh, that was a, This was the business I chose to be in. Right. And you take the good. Take the good with the bad. Yeah, you do definitely. You do definitely. I tell you, man, the the guys, you know, a lot of the ones you just mentioned, uh, Trash and Denzamore and all them guys, man. Uh, I, I'll say this: they, them guys, love you, man. They love some Rip Rogers, man. You really yeah. made an impact. I mean, I guess in their lives and also in their careers, but definitely, man, them dudes love you to death, man. Yeah, they definitely do. Well, I'd yell and scream at them, but then I. <laughs> Explain why I yell and scream at him, yeah. and everybody got to hear the lesson of what not to do. Right. Usually, the thing wrestling is to shut the fuck up, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and you'll be fine. Yeah, but that's like uh, Jimmy had a fit when I may give Nick the the, the idea for Eugene, right? Yeah, he couldn't get it, and and he would have been just a normal guy there. Uh, mm-hmm a great wrestler working underneath doing that. If he, if he kept everything, uh, good, you might have mm-hmm. a three to five run there. <laughs> but then yeah. again, 
if you hadn't worked anywhere, now all of a sudden everybody's going to offer you drugs and alcohol and everything else. And you right. can't believe you're on TV and doing this and that. Yeah, so yeah. good and bad of everything. But being yeah. Eugene, he, uh, you know, he did stuff with anybody that was everybody there. So yeah, uh, for sure. What, what I did was I said, well, just be Eugene and then we'll do something and they'll pile drive you or whatever. And then you'll go back. You'll then you'll remember and you'll be Nick Dinsmore again. Hell, it's phony fucking wrestling. We can do whatever we want. It's for sure. Most important things get your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh-huh. Jimmy, Don't I'm going to hot tag you in, Jimmy. Okay. One of my favorite gimmick names in all of wrestling is the hustler man. And I, I, I saw it. Did you pick that up in continental? Is that where that started? No, no. I'll tell you the story. Yeah. Um, in 1979 and, and part of 80 after, uh, we had made the ICW tapes, uh, but we didn't have that many bookings cause it took a while. At one time we had 13 or 14 TV markets. We were so big and was getting paid for TVs in Puerto Rico and Mobile, and two in Montana, and San Francisco. Uh, but anyway, Lanny Popo had got me booked out in Portland for Don Owens. Yeah. So yeah. Piper, Piper was out there, Martel, Ron Starr, Adrian Adonis, Stan Stasiak. Uh, it was the, the Bushwhackers. I got to ride with them every day, but me and Buddy was tag partners. So one night, we was at Sandy Bar's Flea Market. It was just the Portland Sports Arena on Sundays where they would have auctions and stuff. And uh, he picked up a Playboy magazine. He says, hey, I'm the Playboy. And he threw me a magazine. And he goes, and now you're the hustler. That's awesome. Rose <laughs> and Hustler Rip Rogers. Just Buddy. Buddy was so fucking sharp. And he just fucking just saw that right there. And uh, that's how it all became. Huh. Yeah. Well, I have a small request. And you don't have to grant it. And it's okay. I'll cut it out of the show if you want me to. But I am. I, I want to borrow that hustler name can i do that would you mind well, as long as you put mine this is hustler rip rogers approved yes of course <laughs> yeah. of course you know what i mean slide that in there it would only yeah. be that yeah and then i'll just lose and i'll just okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry this, this this is hustler rip rogers approved yes oh. that's that's all that matters and then that okay. yeah uh-huh. as, as long as and that's okay say, if you say if you say I could be ribbon and I could not be ribbon, but what the hell? You'll never know. <laughs> exactly. just, no matter what I'm getting, no matter you're saying my name, good, bad, exactly. or ugly. Exactly. Fucking- <laughs> no, I won't rib about that part. I'll definitely put that over. If it's approved, okay. I'm, I'm going to go with that for sure. Thank you. And I just, you know, I love that name. I've always thought that was cool. And as long as I've known you as a wrestler, which is the 80s, you know, I, I remember seeing you in Continental first as a kid. And I've always, you know, loved the name Hustler Rip Rogers. I just thought that was just, man, that is just such a great wrestling name. It really is. Was this like, was this like 86 or 84 or 3? Uh, it would be. I would think I want to say like 86, I could say. Yeah, okay, I'm, then I would have lived in Birmingham. Okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. we'd work Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. Uh, yeah, because that went all the way from Knoxville down to the Gulf Coast then. Yeah. And I worked six months with Adrian Street, and then I fucking left. I said, I'm out of here. Fuller said, what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? I said, Ron, I did my thing. I had a good time. 
and I'm not going to follow it. Right. We had the right. So we had all this shit going on and Adrian was just a sweetheart and uh, we never had no fucking problems or anything. And we just fed off each other and we didn't go out there and plan all this shit. We'd plan a fucking finish, you know, it was just, uh, you sell, I sell. Yeah. You know, what the fuck? Right. You know, with, with Adrian too, you know, I know you have your own podcast and at the end of the show, we'll let you put all that over. But did you ever have Adrian on your podcast? Uh, I was in the process of getting him. Yeah. Was what I was. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I'm not Mr. Technology, as you can fucking tell. So, uh, (laughs) I didn't understand about, cause he had been gone and he'd been in, uh, in, uh, uh, the United Kingdom for what a couple of years or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. but I was always, uh, Facebooking him or talking this and talking that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so strange to me that I could send him a message and he would reply, <laughs> you know, it was like crazy <laughs> to me because I'm, you know, I'm just a big dumb Mark for this business. And man, Adrian street is replying to me, you know? So anyway, <laughs> Yeah, I just was everybody, curious. Everybody in this business is a big dumb mark, or they wouldn't be in it. Yeah, and we're all we're all missing a card. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I, I remember I was working for Elton Owen. I rode with the Buddy and the Bushwhackers every night, Butch mm. and Luke. And Elton Owens was Elton was always screaming, but but he was a rib. He was just drunk, so he was saying, <laughs> and Luke is going Elton. If you paid, if if I lived in Portland, you had me to drive to Medford, which was like uh, 250 miles away. You put a hundred dollars on the porch, and all I had to do was pick it up and drive back. Nobody in their right mind would do that. Right. You want me to work twice, right? <laughs> I want a car and drive 250 miles and pick up my money and drive back. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go wrestle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's pick up that. <laughs> Man, I'll never forget uh, the the first time that I saw Adrian Street was on Memphis TV. He was working Lawler, and I don't know if you remember this, but it, it was Adrian. Kept, they kept going to lock up or, or do the uh, test of strength, and uh, Adrian would kind of tap him on the hand and start skipping around the ring. And I mean, they they oh, yeah. stalled and stalled and stalled, and then Lawler did it to him and started skipping around the ring, and <laughs> everybody was. I mean, you could tell everybody was legit laughing man dundee was on the ground and it was it was hilarious and I, I just remember that as i was probably about eight or ten something like that and that was the funniest thing i'd ever seen in my life and i i liked him after that even though he was a heel uh, or what yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> i remember the you remember global wrestling federation the GWF? oh yeah 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 the the very first main event that night at the Sportatorium, which was they called the Global Dome on ESPN, was me against Adrian Street. Uh-huh. Joe Petticino was in there. Uh, Gordon Soli, let's see, he was in there on, on something. And then they had uh, uh, the, the tall, dark hair. I, I, let's see. I, I see him, but I can't. Uh, I see guys' faces, and I can't remember their names or vice versa. I'm so goddamn yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking? No, huh? I, 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 <laughs> no, no. Tomorrow, tomorrow, when I'm not thinking about it, 
all of a sudden right. it'll pop right in my head. Right? It'll pop in your head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you got you and him are uh, opening match. You and Adrian Street. No, we was the main event of the. Oh, first the main global. event. Yeah. 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 And then and we sat uh, in his room all night. He was drinking all night. He was telling me his whole fucking story. <laughs> from working in the mines and everything right uh, right that was just that was just fucking awesome yeah yeah for sure was it a hell of a match it was the greatest main event there was that night <laughs> 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 win lose or draw it was the first it was the first one yeah <laughs> yeah i got a quick question so let's go back to icw for a second so i'm okay. from a a small town in, in southwestern Virginia. It's Lebanon, Virginia, Russell County, really close oh, to... Oh, Bur- that's, that's where Hoot Gibson's from. Boom, you picked up on it. That's what I would love to hear is something about Hoot, because he's our local well, hero, you know. The first time I met Hoot Gibson, I, uh, I, I wasn't smart to the business and yeah. drove with this guy, my buddy Steve Cooper. He had worked in WOAY TV, uh... Warren Schoenbeck was commerc was the was the promoter there, and uh, Charlie Love was the announcer, and I met BB Coleman there that night, and here he was. I wasn't even smart to the business, and and uh, Schoenbeck says, uh, "You from Indianapolis?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You're working for the Bruiser, right?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You babyface or heel?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he said. Who <laughs> uh, worked with this guy over here, Indian Joe or something? He said, "Now, when when you get the pencil, go home, and you're going over." I said, "Okay." <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, "I'm going over when I get the pencil, go home." What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Son of a bitch, right? I had my Harlem Hildegarde, all my shit on my. Uh, the twenty nine, the, the boots were twenty nine dollars in my my shiver cape. <laughs> And I, when I come out, I just wanted to start. And I just wanted to start screaming, even though I was a babyface. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to yell at the people because I seen I seen them on TV doing that, right? Yeah. So hell, that's 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 my great start. Two <laughs> weeks later, I'm with two weeks later, I'm with BB fucking Colbin, and we're working for Vince Senior in Allentown and at the Philadelphia Arena. Mm. And I'm going. How in the hell did I get here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I still wasn't smart, but what the fuck, right? That takes a while anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who who is our local hero in, in Russell County here? So, you know, oh, yeah, I, he's... He, had, he had the big hardware store mm-hmm. and whenever because we had uh the Johnson City TV hit it and I think some of the Beckley TV hit it, so he was double hit. Yeah. So uh I remember the first time I met who he hit me with that funny wrestler's handshake, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, then he was buddies with Garvin. So they would always go hunting and fishing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My uncle went with them one time and, and he, uh, they, that's when he learned a lot about the business that kind of changed his opinion of the business. Cause he's one of those guys. Oh, when he found out that something may be up with it, I think uh, he was like, you know, hold it for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we had the ICW wrestling school at one time. We was yeah. buying a building in Lexington to see it about five hundred, and then me and Randy was living there. And then all of a sudden, uh, it cost too much to, to do all the, the the rewiring and stuff. So Miser said, "Fuck it, we'll just go to 
Henry Clay High School or whatever. We went there for a while, and then we had to stonewall our way to get into Rupp. Then when we got into Rupp, we fucking went there and barely broke fucking even. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge place, so, right? <laughs> yeah, that, so that was, that's a, that was a dumbass move by us. <laughs> but you got you got to make every mistake before you figure it out so what the hell right right <laughs> yeah let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more live and in color with wolfie d When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. How was it working uh, with George Weingroff and his dad? And uh, we never worked with George's dad. Oh, you uh, didn't? George was always, no. Uh, I George was a he was a wrestling coach from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew his dad uh, Saul, but George he was a teammates with Pez at University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Right. Pez, Pez was the heavyweight wrestler, and then George is like the uh, 185 or 89. I can't remember which one it was in because the weight changes all the time. Yeah. But George was on George was on the uh, handicapped Olympic team or whatever. Right. And, right. As a wrestler, George could do everything in the ring, but you just don't do a bunch of three-part high spots and stuff. Yeah. You just keep, you just keep it simple, and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. He taught me a lot, man, when I was coming up, you know, about 17 years old. I got to work with him a lot, and I, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah, he was easy. Man. Yeah. Danny and him both, right, Wolfie? Yeah, Danny was the next one that, like, you know, when me and Jamie got our break in Memphis, I was married to Danny almost every single night for a month, man, months. And, uh, man, that's where I really learned a lot. That's where, you know, him hip-tossing me, and as I'm in the air, he's telling me the next thing to do. Yeah, and, you know, 
that type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. And 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 I'm at that point, I'm I can't remember eighteen or nineteen, and I'm coming back from the ring uh, after a fifteen minute Broadway blowed sky high, and he's not even breathing hard. <laughs> no, he's giving he's giving you all the bumps, and and you're running the ropes, and he's dropping down twice, and <laughs> this, <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and, well, I used to do that. I used to do that with Chris Benoit. Yeah. Just blow up sky high. He says, "Man, I want to learn to work like you." I said, "No, you don't. I'm all fucking carny." <laughs> I, said, I said, "I could work, and I do every once in a while, just to, just to throw that bone at him that I can do and if I want to." <laughs> but it's best to do do very little and sell each other. Yeah, because we're because yeah. uh, you got to get in, get out, and not get hurt. Because there's a lot of dumbasses. It fucking hurts you, muscle heads starting out and shit. Yeah. So, and you know the business. shelf life, man, of, of the guys now. Everybody's hurt all the time, man, and it just makes me think back to, you know, my early days. And yeah, we'd be hurt a little bit, but we'd still have to go out there. But they're getting like really major injuries all the time, man. Well, here's here's the deal: when you was in the business full time, you worked probably six, seven matches a week. Mm-hmm. And then now look at these guys. They don't work. Yeah. So here's right. CM Punk coming back or whatever. Just as just an example, he's mm-hmm. 40 years old. He and guys, it ain't like you practiced every night and worked in the ring. When I'd get in the ring every night, I said, "No, I want to take an arm drag. Yeah, give me one slam. I want to take a backdrop. I want to mm-hmm. stay in bump shape because yeah. if you don't do it, and they start doing this stupid shit." And your body's not used to it. Oh my God. That's like if you got hurt and was out a couple weeks and all of a sudden you took a backdrop, shit, and you was young, fuck, you couldn't hardly move the next day. Some guy rib, he slammed you hard. I'm going, what the fuck, motherfucker? Don't you slam (laughs) me, asshole? (laughs) I'm taking my own butt and everything. Fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. That's what Tracy Smothers always used to say. He said, you do all the working out, all the cardio you want. He said, ain't nothing like ring shape. You just That's right. You yeah. can't yeah. get Look you like Miss Universe means nothing. Stepper, squat, and that doesn't mean anything. Nope. You've got to go the motions you do in the ring with your facials, your intensity, your body language, your circling, your mm-hmm. your struggle to do so, or like it look like you're struggling, a yeah. lot of failure stuff. Uh, and, and when when I teach, I don't want three clothesline bump feet. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no. Now, why would you take a bump if you're jumping right up? Yeah. Now yeah. you just killed a fucking bump. Right. It's like a lot of things, man. Like, I always tried to learn, like, like just let's take this for example. This is something that I usually don't do, get on here and bitch about things like this. But just for instance, somebody puts you in a headlock. I think the guys now think that backing them into the ropes and, and shooting them off is just a thing. It's actually a counter to the headlock. It's your way right. of escaping the headlock. And nobody, like, registers that part of it anymore, you know? Well, that's like when I'm in with a bigger guy, right? I'm trying to shove him off. He won't fucking go. I'm yeah. trying to shove him off. He won't fucking go. I top wrist like that, but I can't get it. He puts me back down the headlock. I'm down the goddamn mat. Exactly. Finally, after I hit him with a fucking uh, forearm in the fucking back, I barely shoot him off. I shoot him off. I try and follow him in, but I, I put my hands back to my fucking ears because exactly. he's fucking 
on my fucking cauliflower ears, and yeah. then he hits me with the fucking tackle. Right. And I sell that son of a bitch, maybe counting the fucking 20. Right. Yeah. right. And the guy's right in back of me. I'll always go the wrong way, rock step back, or he can spin me around, grab that motherfucking headlock a day, and I scream fucking mercy, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 yeah, this shit's so fucking, this shit's so we got a head, we got a head, head yep. we got a arm, leg, stomach, back to work on, a body parts. It's just yep. like playing guy football. Yep. Yeah. All you gotta do is watch the other matches and give him a different body part. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Punk is is I think one of the guys that kind of originated this current style. He was in that generation at least. Let's just say that. I almost feel like some of the younger guys need to look at Punk and say, "Look what is to come for me." You know, working the same way that he worked, or a lot of the guys in his generation worked. I almost feel like they need to start paying attention to some of the guys that are a little bit older and got that wrestler limp in the back. You know what I mean? Like, hey, look, that's coming for me, and it's getting younger and younger you know i just feel like well, you know somebody like daniel bryan you know he's constantly got something wrong with him unfortunately a great wrestler but guys got to learn uh i remember I, i'm working with regal in england and i tear my fucking quad in the match Ooh. and the, that's on me i'm walking to the ring to start the match there's somebody threw some beer on the floor i slip i catch myself a gunshot oh. goes my oh, quad still torn we went 40 minutes that night Mm. Wow. I said, I sure did. Well, mm. what I was doing was in the back and I'm telling stories like a mark <laughs> to the, the English boy. Right. Yeah. Cause we, me and Riggle had been living together in England, Austria, uh, or, uh, Austria and Germany and, and Dortmund got canceled. So we went to England and worked. Gotcha. So, uh, this and that, Yeah. but yeah, uh, when I met Regal, I got him a job with WCW. I got Max paid a job. Uh, with WW, WWF at the time, or what at WCW, and then uh, and then then Fit came in, and Dave Taylor came in, hmm. so he was all in the crew in uh, uh, England, Austria, Germany. That's awesome. That's awesome. What a crew, man. What a crew. I gotta ask you. So one of the questions. This is kind of talking about OVW a little bit, and I know we are jumping over, but was there someone that you trained or worked with there that you really expected to, like, this guy's got it. I, there's nothing more I can no. teach him. No? Nobody? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, wrestling's phony. <laughs> Vince McMahon sees this guy's picture and likes him, no matter if he's rotten, that's who he wants. Oh, okay. Gonna, no, it's no. What I did is I said, look, this ain't real. Uh, that's why I had some guys actually kill themselves while they were there. Oh, man. Suicide. Wow. Because it ain't, it ain't real. It ain't the hundred yard. It ain't the hundred meter dash in the Olympics. You could come in last, but Ben still wants you. Right. Yeah. So, so you're making the money. And what I was proud of, I got 70, over 70 guys jobs that weren't on contract. They come yeah. in the beginning like Santino, like Mike Mondo, like Johnny Jeter, like Serena Deeb, uh, all these guys, girls come in and I treated, and I treated them all the same, yeah. like shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to toughen you up because I said, if you're a girl and you're hot, every hot girl's going to hate you because you're going to know how to fucking wrestle. Right. Uh, so they're all, they're going to band against you and knock you. Because you're better than fucking them. And the same with the fucking guys. And I said, they're going to try and get you fucked up. They're going to, they're going to get, they're going to do stuff to put you in, 
different situations and shit because uh if I'm a, a bleach blonde, my competition is a bleach blonde. If I'm a black guy, my competition is black guys. You know, uh, it's like the NFL. The quarterback's competition is quarterbacks, not the fucking tackle. It's a right. left-handed shorthand reliever in Major League Baseball. It's the goddamn uh, uh, combo guard or a point guard or a shooting guard in the NBA. That's your competition. Yeah. So... Uh, they're going to do everything they can and get all their friends to do it because they've been there longer to get to, to knock you and bury you. And you could have said nothing and they can say, you said this and that and whatever. And I'd say, welcome to the wrestling business boys. And that's just the fucking way it is. Yeah. 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 I, I saw where uh, Matt Hardy made a uh, a statement or something saying like that the young bucks would have never lasted like back in the day and just talking about the how the dressing rooms were and this is all because of the whole Vince deal and all that kind of stuff. I truly believe that, man, because I've seen some dastardly shit go down, man. <laughs> you know, like things that are beyond ribs and just people just get just uh, murdered man just murdered in a ribbon way but it just overdone you know i don't think that some of these cats could survive back then man there there wasn't really any pussies that i knew in the business unless george goulas <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> 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 he couldn't help it that he was a pussy right. <laughs> didn't work out his dad was the boss yeah. Hell, if 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 you're the father and you want your kid to be a wrestler, what are you going to do? Make him a job guy? <laughs> right. right. Now, now years, years ago, they would the wrestler would be the boss. And then he'd bring his son in. Yeah. First, he would he would get the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Then all of a in a couple of years, he's he'd have some upsets. But it would be a five year plan. All of a sudden, he starts getting good. Mm-hmm. And he started training. And people have seen him being the shits, and they grew up with him. Right. And they know that that, that, that that guy can sell. Instead yeah. of trying to... There's nothing worse in any sport than some fucking rookie coming in and dominating some fucking veteran that can fucking kill him. And everybody, right. and everybody right. knows it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But what... I remember wrestling in my fucking hometown. I said, no, I'm going two out of three. Beat me two straight. Mm, and the yeah. people were like mad. I said, well, he beat me. He's better than me. Yeah. No, he's not. And I was a heel, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What the fuck? <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, skipping around again. So at WCW, man, you're working with Road Warrior Hawk. How was that? Oh, it was all rib. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Everybody's <laughs> a rib with me. If you hit me hard, I'll fucking leave the ring. Fuck you. <laughs> Silence! <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I'm an engineer. Yeah. But no, he, he was funny. He was he was a good guy. Oh, when they started, I remember that's what I was living with Randy, and we watched him on TV on TBS. And I said, "This is real." What it is is they're just steroid guys, and they're really fucking rotten, and they're going to kill somebody. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but they made a lot of money, so what the hell, right? Yeah, it, that, it was then. That was it, man. I, Jimmy knows this. It was Road Warriors, Randy Savage, Kurt Henning. Those were the four that made me want to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt. He was. A, you know what's so funny is uh, 
I rode with Randy every day for years mm-hmm. and years. And we would do the editing at the fucking house. We had our own uh, tape players and stuff and editing equipment. And uh, he would do all the booking. We'd do the finishes. When I started working with him, I was in Dupre's territory. I was the inevitable Hercules Samard. The guy, that, uh, the only talent he had was, well, there wasn't any, come to think about it. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'd have to go. Randy'd take me 40 minutes every night, you know. Yeah. And I never seen I never seen him prearrange anything in his fucking life. Really? Right. So and I learned and I never I I never I, I've still never been in a ring before a match to mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. No, I just said I remember working with Savio Vega in Puerto Rico. I said, Savio T, we're going an hour. He said, What? I said, Yeah, make a comeback at fifty seven. Hit hit me with the co or uh, hit me, put the Cobra sleeper on me and I'll pop the Alcacel, sir, and we'll run out of time. Mm. He goes, yeah, uh, yeah, but I said, I'll see you in the ring. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. When it was over, I said, you were fine. What you did is you fucking listened to me, didn't you? He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, that's how easy it is. Learn this shit. <laughs> did it, did it kind of, okay, you said like Randy, you know, he never went over his stuff or whatever, but then you find out right. years later that the, the match with him and Steamboat was laid out move for move. I, th- I thought that was, yeah. that was kind of like, wow. You know, he, he told me that, or yeah, I read that and I said, well, I can see that because the, the main event was Andre and Hogan in a slam match. Right. Yeah. So it had nothing, it had nothing to do with wrestling. Right. It was yeah. two big old slow guys power. Right. Yeah. So he, he had a chance where he could have just called it in the ring because anytime you do stuff, that's memorized. There's no timing there. Yeah. Your body, everything's different. Mm-hmm. You're robotic instead of I'd call timeout and take a powder and threaten to lock up and threaten to do this and threaten to do that. Leave again, come back, go to something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's like team goes, Oh no, this is uh, number one twenty nine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, but then again, and then, and they told me that. And I said, well, I guess he changed. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess he changed. But I said, never before in my life did I see him do that. That's like you get in the ring with Ronnie Garvin. We might go 50 minutes. And the only the only word he'd say, he'd say, double knockout. And that would be it. The whole <laughs> fucking match. Yeah. He would just work and play off each other. Yeah. It, it was just totally fucking different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got a, a listener question come in from Martin Edwards. He's one of our listeners on Facebook, and he says he would love to hear. Since you're talking about Randy, and we've talked about in the whole show, but there's the Bill Dundee Randy Savage fight when the Poffos and Thunderbolt Patterson, who was used okay. as bait, jump. No, Bill no, 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 no. Oh, I'll tell you the whole thing. I was okay. there. Okay. 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 Now, now, uh, two days before, I was in. I was in a physique contest and won. Mr. Southern Kentucky in Bowling Green. Hmm. Then we worked at the Cook Convention Center. We were off on Monday, so we was going to drive to Johnson City a day early because it was going to go all the way from Memphis all the way across, right? Yeah. Now, at that time, I was still sort of a nerd, (laughs) and uh, Randy had hoped he had, I think, Candy Devine was working there. That's what it was, I think. Hmm. And all of a sudden, he knew Dundee was there. But they kept, but I was in the car. It was me, I think Angelo, Pez, and Randy. 
But mm-hmm. nothing was ever said about none of this except we were going to go to the gym to train where the Memphis guys train because they let the wrestlers in free. Mm-hmm. So, me, I just got done with the fucking contest, so I'm getting my shit. Give it to Pez Watley Sniff on what I was going to wear to the gym, right? <laughs> and, I, and I got a protein bar and a Diet Coke with me. I'm not paying any attention. I see Dundee walk by. Now, we were uh, not in the, in the gym there yet. And I just saw Bill walk down there. I think I saw Stan Lane and Steve Kern, too, if they went in or come out earlier or later, whatever it was. Mm, no. But I wasn't paying any attention. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and whatever, whatever Randy had on his mind, I knew I'd heard him get mad because Bill had some trunks on that said Macho Man. And I guess some some girl gave it to him. So he wore him, right? Which what you're supposed to do. Sure. But Randy but Randy wasn't all there. We all knew that, but what the fuck, right? <laughs> so Bill went down to his car and uh I'm still not paying any attention finishing and they were probably forty yards away or something. I didn't have my tape measure out because I wasn't paying any attention. I just knew I was gonna finish this thing and go in and have a workout in. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden I hear a bunch of screaming and stuff. And I guess Randy had sucker punched Bill, which Randy would always try and sucker punch you. Mm. Uh, tried it with me. Didn't work. Uh, <laughs> but, but he'd hit Bill. And I guess he had broke his, or at the time he didn't know it was a break of his orbital bone, which is <clears throat> the top of your jaw bone. Yeah. Bill said, let me go on my trunk. Now, this is all hearsay. I'm just going by what I heard Randy scream when he got the hell out of there, right? <laughs> and then Bill pulled a gun out and was mm-hmm. basically going to bandage you or whatever. Yeah. And hell, I'm still back at the fucking car because I'm still eating my fucking... And don't give a fuck about what they do. <laughs> I'll jump off a bridge. I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, I see Randy skedaddling back and uh and miser looked like i was having a heart attack and Tess coming back shaking his head Tess sort of laughing <laughs> <laughs> and i remember thunderbolt was there but we had two cars is what we had okay and and i really didn't know so all i didn't see it all i did was hurt it okay, okay. so uh the randy sucker punched him and then uh bill was going to go to his trunk to get something to for his face or whatever, and he pulled out a fucking gun, and that was it. So wow, that's See, all. That's all I know about it. Okay, and gotcha. What, and but you know, telephone, 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 right. telegraph, tell a wrestler, and it, with me, you, and six other wrestlers, it would be a completely different story. Right. Five minutes. Right. So right. that's all I can tell you. <laughs> So Bill Bill pulled a, a gun on the Macho Man and he pulled a knife on Wolfie D. So, I was going to say you only registered yeah. a knife, Wolfie Man. Come on. <laughs> I know I didn't get the gun. I just got a knife. <laughs> did Bill pull a knife on you? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 What the fuck did you? Was he was he drinking or what? No, it was a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you the whole story here real quick. It was. Um, he was knocking me and Jamie when we first started. He was knocking us. He didn't want Jerry Jarrett to bring us in. Oh, they're too little. They're too this. They're too that. Blah blah blah. So anyway, no, he wanted he wanted to be the Andre of the midgets, right? <laughs> right. There's only you can't have too many midgets, or you know what I mean. That's right. And so 
anyway, we start we start there, and then we start getting our push and yada yada. Well, he had never like been a fan, you know. I mean, uh, and not to say that he needed to kiss my ass. I mean, he didn't even really care for his son being there at that point in time. He's changed, you know, but over the years. But wow. anyway, uh, so then he takes a picture with me and Jamie. And then he's selling it on his gimmick table for $3 as opposed to the two. So I'm like, Jamie, because people are bringing us this picture of all three of us. Right. They're buying it from him and they're bringing it to us to sign it. I'm like, yeah. dude, this ain't, this ain't cool, man. I said, uh, he's, he's cutting into our money here. Well, I can't say nothing to him. You'll have to say it because that's my dad and I can't say nothing. I said, okay, I will. So we were at a spot show. I want to say it was Mississippi or something like that, a little high school gym. Uh-huh. And uh, I walk. He's laying. He's dressed already. He's laying on a, on a bench. Um, and I said, I, said hey, I didn't want to do it in front of everybody. I just wanted to have a talk with him, you know. And I said, hey, man, can you come outside here real quick and let's let's talk you got something to say to me mate you say it right now uh, okay well this is the deal bill i think this is bullshit blah 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 i think you should give us a little money off of those da 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 so anyway they, he stands up things escalate da 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 then we're in each other's kind of face you know and and I, the last thing I remember saying was I just kind of put my arms out to the side and I was like, well, what the fuck's up then? Like, let's fight then. And uh, he said, I'll show you what's up. And he reached in his boot and he pulled out this big fucking knife. And uh, I kind of, you know, backpedaled a little bit. And about that time, Doug Gilbert and Randy Hales kind of got in between and settled it down. But he got fired over. And uh, the, the, how long? Uh, for probably about a month. But uh-huh. Lawler, Lawler and Randy, had they came to me. And said, if we bring him back, will you do an angle with him? Kind of a, you know, the shoot work angle, whatever. And uh, I said, sure. And uh, we did. We went out there and he busted his ass, man. He he worked hard with me. And we kind of earned each other's respect. And we've been cool ever since. But that was that. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate, we appreciate you coming on here, Rip. You plug all your stuff, man. What do you? I, I, I appreciate you sticking to your time limit like you said i do it man you ask jimmy i'll cut a motherfucker off in a minute <laughs> he's had he's had two before hey, yeah hey when, when we do our podcast we got no fucking format we just fucking free ball and start talking bullshitting i'll yeah. be talking an hour then i forget what i was talking about you know that's the norm <laughs> what the fuck, right? well, oh i love it on your show nice talking to you guys thank you Rip. Uh, and yeah, I, man. and hey you, you can, uh, hell, you can get me, get my t-shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees. You can get your Hustler beer. You can get your, uh, a Hustler a book from Amazon. And you can watch, watch us on, uh, YouTube. Uh, you cool. Fridays, let's see what we come on 11 and then 11. And then, another, and then we got a guest on from, uh, at 12 or something like that. So right. thanks for having me up, guys. Live the dream and, uh, and get your dick sucked as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great podcast Words to live by. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll be Have right back. Boy. Thank you, Rip. <laughs> Ask Wolfie D anything. All right. Thank you. Have a good Thanks, night, guys. Rip. Take care, buddy. DJ, hit that music. All 
right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything and oh my god, man. <laughs> I don't know what to pick out to laugh about the most. Rip, yeah. You Rich know, mess, man, he's always been a mess. <laughs> he, golly, I was crying at some of those moments, man. He's just yeah. so he's so real and funny and authoritative with his like <laughs> Yeah, what a, you know, yeah. Yeah, He's and he says guy. the F word so eloquently, it just feels like poetry, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your daily blowjob, you know? <laughs> exactly. Those are words to live by. Man. I know, I know. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, yeah, thank you, Rip. Thank you. And by the way, Adam Parsons from the Wrestling Legends Network, he sent me a message saying, hey, you guys should get Rip on. And we were like, yeah, that's a great idea. And we'd already thought about it in the past, but for some reason never did it. And yeah. So you you got in touch with him and, and pulled the trigger. So shout out to you, Adam. And uh, I think, you know, the Live and in Color would do well on that Legends Network, don't you think, man? Absolutely. You know? that's another conversation for another day but we got some questions wolfie d so all right so the very first one we have is from matthew stromberg and this one we've talked about over time basically Mm -hmm. and you know so i want to play a couple clips here that Mm -hmm. i want you to listen to so the question he asks is what are your thoughts on the new Jack Gypsy Joe fiasco? Right. Okay. Yeah. And we, we kind of, you know, we know that the story and the deal, but you know, when it comes down to it, I wanted to play a couple things and this is, uh, this is them talking about it. And this we'll start with Joe. How about that? Okay. There are speculations on why new Jack did what he did, but can you kind of, Give me your estimation on why he, uh, you know, well, stepped on you in such a violent way. He called some people. This is supposed to be a hardcore match. So he claims I had bought him a little too high. He got a little woozy. But he was woozy from the drugs he done before. Not because I hit him with my head. But that's hardcore, right? Everything goes. If you hit him with a pole, you hit him with a pole. If you hit him with a fist, you hit him with a fist. If you kick him in the ass, you kick him in the ass. <laughs> that's the object of the game. And that's the way it's supposed to be. If he knows any other way, let him bring it on. That's still alive. If he wants some more, bring him on. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. New Jack, old Jack, puny Jack. Oh, top Jack. I don't give a damn. I don't give a fuck. Oh, my God. You got to love That is Jack. great. That is great. I've never heard that before. That is yeah. incredible. I love how, that. How long has it been since you've heard Joe's voice, man? Oh, I was just sitting here thinking that, dude. I mean... Probably the last time when I uh, I visited him when he was in a nursing home, I believe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but hearing him hearing him fired up like that, you know, and and he's right. He's so right in what he's saying, man. You know, this is just yeah. he he laid it in and come. You know, you would think why well, I, I never did understand why Jack would get so mad to bring it to that point. You know, I mean, 
Yeah. You know, I talked about it, man. I mean, dude, he didn't, he didn't really hurt Joe. Right. And he was trying. He was. Yeah. <laughs> and had Joe been in his prime, I think it would have been a different story. And, you know, and this is coming, you know, somebody saying, oh, a guy, he hit me, he headbutted me too hard, coming from somebody that tased the motherfucker and threw him off a, a, a scaffolding and about killed him. Right. You know what I mean? Come on. Right. Right. Uh, stabbed a dude. I mean, like I said, I got along with Jack and I had good matches with him and stuff like that. But some of his stuff was just uncalled for, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. But just you know, Joe was uh, that is the funniest. I don't get that scared of new Jack, old Jack, Kojak. So we we do have a response from New Jack. If you'd like to hear this, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So this is New Jack discussing it from the other side. All right. Here we go. But for those that don't know who Gypsy Joe is, he's an old little guy, about 76 years old. And Gypsy Joe was probably over when gas was about 12 cents a gallon. He was a star way back in the day, way back in the day, back during the time where he probably tag team with Moses and Jesus. He was way back there, though. And Gypsy Joe decides that he wants to do a match against me. Yours truly. So I go to Tennessee to meet this guy to do these promos at this TV studio. And I walk in, it's this big old white boy sitting there all muscled up. Then there's this little bitty white dude sitting there. So I walk up to the big guy, I'm like, what's up, man, I'm Jack. He said, um, what you going? I said, well, you're not Joe? He said, no, that's Joe right there. <clears throat> so I looked at him, I'm like, okay, they playing with me. But he said, no, I'm Joe. It's okay. So I go to the promoter, I said, so what you want me to do with this guy? He said, have a match with him. He's hard as nails, he's tough as leather. I said, bro, I can't do but one or two things with him. I said, I can either beat him to death or do I go out there and do a comedy match and lose dollar value in my name. He said, he can take anything you dish out. He, he's tough as nails. I said, okay. So I go to the show and it's just country hicks, rednecks, no teeth, stinking, no shoes. I mean, it was disgusting. And... I'm usually accepted as the good guy. But in Tennessee, if I came in there with some angel wings and a halo, I'm not going to be the good guy. They won't let me. So when I walked out, I knew I was in for something. When you know, sometimes I take my bandana off and throw it in the audience. Well, I threw it in the audience and threw it back. They didn't want it. They didn't want no part of me. So now New Jack gets in the ring. Gypsy Joe comes out wearing his pink tights and little panty things and his nice little pretty coat and his hair that's blotted and splotched. And he got little, it won't even die no more. It's just gray and then his bald head spotting it. You know. And we started the match. And Gypsy Joe will not sell nothing that I gave him. In other words, if I punched him, he had like I didn't punch him. So then he headbutted me in my nose. I got enough nose as it is, and he just smashed it. 
So then I went on the attack. And I beat him, and I beat him, and I beat him, and I stomped him. And I wrapped ball right around his head, snatched it off, and big old piece of hair in it. And I took a baseball bat and pinned him across the top of his head and beat him. And then everybody in the audience was calling me the N-word, and I was putting their whooping on Joe like it wasn't going to be no tomorrow. The promoter came out and stopped the match. He said, I'm stopping the match due to unnecessary roughness. ended. I went downstairs and got my bag and got a trunk of somebody's car and we left because they called the cops. Needless to say, Gypsy Joe did not respond to any interviews when people want to talk to him about the match me and him and had because off the record he told somebody that was the worst beating he ever took in his life that I was going to kill him. And actually if I could have got away, gotten away with it, I would have. Because it comes a time and point in this business where you get too old to do this. You're too young to do it, then you're too old to do it. And his day done came and went a long time ago. And me having the reputation I have in this business, you might not like me, but you will respect me. And if not, you'll be laying up beside him in the hospital and I'll beat your fool out you. So anyway, now, you know, New Jack is sitting there talking to, I would assume, probably just somebody like me, like a, a fan interviewing him. Uh-huh. And obviously there's going to be an element, I think, of bravado. There, yeah, sure. You know, and especially after the fact, and he's had years to talk about it and think about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, does any of what New Jack said ring with you at all? Um, I, I think what probably happened there is is just a clash of egos. Because, I mean, Joe had a bit of an ego, even in his older age. You sure. Know? He, he prided himself on being a tough guy. Right. Uh, so does Jack. Or did yeah. Jack. And um, so it was probably just one of those things. They could have started when, if that actually took place, where they went to do interviews or whatever and uh, met in that situation, it could have started right there. You know what I'm right. saying? If, right. Joe knew that he was like, hey, I'm either going to you know, beat the hell out of this guy or I'm going to, you know, degrade my worth by doing a comedy match with him. See? So, I don't know. He kind of, to me, kind of felt like he, he didn't want to do it from the get go. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. Uh, that's uh, it could have it could have started there. But, yeah, just two two guys that have, uh, you know, that type of, uh, you know, ego. Yeah. Um, Shit like that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Joe is, you know, (laughs) who he is. So obviously he's going to take the beating. But Jack is also being Jack in that he's probably hearing stuff from the crowd. Oh, yeah. It's making him angry. And yeah, man, I don't care who you are. When you get hit in the nose, it does tick you off, man. You know? So. You know, and he he gets headbutt in the nose, and that probably did hurt. But man, yeah. again, I still stand on what you said earlier. He's done so much worse to oh, other and folks. I, and and, and okay, throw the man a receipt and let that be it. Right. You know, don't try to kill him. Right. 
Right. And plus, you're you're like he just said, he's 76 years old. What do you get out of beating up a man that old? Right. I would feel so guilty. <laughs> yeah. Really Unless he was literally trying to kill me or something, you know, and just one one good potato just deserves another, you know, right. or two, right. you know. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, that you know, one turn deserves another, right? That's, that's what you were trying to say there. And yeah. I mean, it's exactly what it is, man. You know, I don't know. I can't imagine being there. And then to know <laughs> that Mike Porter is the one that's now come on, Jack, get off of him, you know, quit doing that. Yeah, but you that know. is funny, though, again, throwing an NFL unnecessary roughness in a hardcore match in a hardcore match yeah through the flag man (laughs) i've never worked in that building that they worked in i know porter ran was that in columbia maybe where they believe it was grand slam in columbia okay grand slam that's what it looked like yeah and i don't know i don't think i was there that night i'm pretty sure i was not but i was at that building with jack i know that for sure but i don't okay that week i don't know yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a rotten situation no matter whose side you take. It's unfortunate, yeah. you know, yeah. but I guess probably what it also was is he didn't know who Joe was, probably. He didn't know yeah. Joe's legacy. Right. And and he don't care, you know. It's like, well, he ain't Hulk Hogan, you know. Right. So yeah. You know, and everybody's probably blowing him up. I'm imagining Porter talking to Jack on the phone saying, oh, yeah, Joe's tough. He's been around, you know, right. that kind of stuff. And, yeah, okay, well, he's saying he's tough. I'm coming in expecting Goldberg, and I get right. Gypsy Joe, you know. And, right. That yeah. is at 76, not at 76. At 30. <laughs> right. Which 30, he would have been a different story. I know that. That would have been yeah. a different story. Man. <laughs> Yeah. But whatever, man. I I I guess what's your ultimate feeling on it to, to kind of put this one to bed? I just think that uh, it should have never happened to, to go that far. I just don't think it should have, but we all know Jack will take things to the extreme. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. I'm not trying to be funny when I say that, but No. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm, that is his deal. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for the question. I, I know we've answered it a few times before, but I did want to add those interviews in to give a no, little. That was respect. good. Yes, that was good that you did that. It made it. Uh, I don't even think we need two more questions, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do one more because of the length of that one. Okay. So <laughs> I'm game for two if you got them, but whatever. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. So, all right. This is Bob Daniels on Facebook. Old Bob. Oh, it says. If you could pick one different finisher for both Slash and Wolfie D, other than what you did, what would it be? And it can be one someone else was mostly known for. Was there a finisher that you wanted to steal but you couldn't have because somebody else used it? Or hmm. Well, I, one of my favorite moves is a kid and the most dangerous move because it was outlawed was the pile driver but when you go into work in memphis and jerry lawler's there and it's illegal you don't really get to do a pile driver much right (laughs) and i've always i i'm not a fan of my pile driver i'll be honest with you i'm not good at it and uh but that's one that i uh, i just love but now it's not a 
super Canadian destroyer, so it really doesn't right. affect the crosses like it used to. It's a high spot now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I love the elbow off the top. I thought I'd do that pretty good. I didn't really never use it as a finisher, but in, later in my career, I did start using it quite a bit. There's a lot of things as Wolfie I, I w- wished I would have done more, uh, you know, higher impact stuff, but that wasn't our deal, and we weren't um, – you know, we were kind of brawlers when we got our push. You know, a lot of our stuff was fights, not a lot of, right. you know, super wrestling. I mean, we did that too, but a lot of our stuff was fights. And, uh, but that was just, that's Memphis, you know? Yeah. Uh, slash, I, I mean, I really think I got all the moves that I wanted to do. I guess as Wolfie, because Slash was different, or Slash was stronger, meaner, that type of thing. So any move that I may have wanted to do that didn't, I didn't do as Wolfie. I think Slash did them. Yeah. So you kind of corrected some things that maybe you wish you could have with. Yeah, I worked more the way that I wanted to be able to work as Slash. That I was, and I'm not saying like. I held myself back or anyone held me back as Wolfie, but I just had a different, uh, you know, move set and everything because of our size and the type of matches that we, we were in and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the That's way cool. it was back then. I mean, a lot of the heels that I worked, say Tommy, Doug, uh, Dan, you know, the people that I was in there with wasn't going to let me do shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can you see me doing the fucking whirly bird to either one of those two? <laughs> no, let me down, Wolfie. Put yeah. me down. Yeah. yeah, that would be hilarious to see you do that to Doug or Tommy. Oh, my oh God. yes, absolutely. Okay, put me I, down. You can't I would do get this. back in the ring to do that. <laughs> Come on, somebody book that one. <laughs> Whirly bird match. Just for, just even as a run in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just oh my god. Get the move and roll out. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, that you know, I could almost see it. I was trying to think of something that, you know, like a stabbing type finisher because you know you being the serial killer but yeah i don't i don't think there's anything else you could have corrected really because nah, i did a whole bunch of moves that you know i always kind of wanted to and made up some new stuff and, and yeah now you know being that we just had cahagas on i recently watched the you know match that you and he had and it was a great match absolutely yeah. a, a top five match there, but I noticed you did the the savage elbow drop in that match. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that something that you normally did or was that? Uh, I started using it a lot around that time. Yeah. Okay. And going forward. Yeah. Something you kind of picked up that, you know, later. In yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever did it as, as Wolfie D. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a solid one, man. I'm sure that's a tricky one to do because you're like, I'm sure you could land horribly on that. Like, oh yeah. You know, so yeah, but but yeah, that's a good match. I'm sure if you haven't seen it already, go check it out. It's all over YouTube, so for sure, Wolfie D. Cahagas, you'll find it. But yeah, I think you know with the link to that New Jack question, and and I think we'll 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 wrap it here because I just wanted I knew that one was going to be a longer conversation, so I thought we would yeah. put some more time into it and and get it out of the way. You know what I mean? So that is all. For today. That's all we got, and uh, we we'll got. go ahead and, uh, and and give a little spoiler here for next week. We got the hex coming on, yes. Uh, so that's going to be a good interview for next week. So the hex, yeah. Everybody, tune into that. 
Very cool. Allison K, Marty Bell, great yep. tag team, former NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions. World Tag Team Champions. <laughs> so, and, yeah, yeah. Be cool. As, as you know, I mean, we don't typically have a lot of uh, women wrestlers on and, and all that. So that'll be uh, something cool. And we got some very cool ones after my networking job the other day. So, yeah. yeah. We're the Scout. The Scout. Great. Yeah. So be on the lookout for some excellent interviews coming up very soon. We promise. So, hey. yeah, that's all I got, brother. Thank you. Thank Rip uh, and everybody for listening. We'll holla at you next week. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't.
This has been a James Rock Street production.